So my favorite Bible verse would be Matthew 25, and I, I can paraphrase, I can't, I can't quote it verbatim, but the, the part where he says, what you've done to the least of, of my brothers and sisters, you've done to me. And I, I, I kind of live by that as much as possible, and that's what guides me in things like when I get involved in missions and things like that. I really feel like we do need to help people that are marginalized in our society and, and don't or haven't felt the love of Jesus. And those people are the ones that we really need to reach out to. So that is one area or one of the passages that really did change my life. And that's one of the ones that you do apply to real-world things. Um, I find it uh, it helps me in my decision-making and some of the things that Jesus is talking about, whether it's, you know, whether you apply it to our government or our political system or how you treat others. Uh, a lot of those things have really touched me for sure. I've been attending here for uh, about eight years now. I've been a member of the church. And... Uh, my wife and I took a lot of classes early on, but one of the ones we took was the Disciple Bible class. You know, it's a pretty intensive uh, study of the Bible. Uh, we're very glad that we took it. Otherwise, I'm not sure I would have uh, been able to find the time to actually read that much of the Bible on my own. It's, it's nice to have a nice structured class that kind of gives you these assignments and readings to do. You, you, you will get so much more from that class and discussing the things with your peers than you would ever reading the Bible on your own or just listening to the, the passages during a sermon. But I found myself being able to use Scripture and apply it to life, and I found myself quoting Scripture a lot more. Uh, you can actually go back on my social media and see where I would quote things from the Bible. Or, and usually it was things we had learned or talked about that week, but they, it carried with me. And one of the other great things I find is when we're uh, listening to a sermon or whatever, and the... Uh, the pastor brings up one of the passages that we had studied during class. You know, I remember everything that we talked about it, and it's great because I know exactly what he's talking about, he or she is talking about uh, during the uh, during the sermon. I, w- I would just say I, I think that attending either the, the Disciple Bible class or any of the other classes that, that we offer here at the church is very important because I feel like it, it builds that community, the sense of community. But I think you're also uh, missing out if you don't participate in those things. Uh, you know, worship is just really one small part of the community and the experience of, of being a part of the church. And uh, it's very important to participate in those things. You, you know, you meet new people, you learn new things. You really go further and further and deeper and deeper into that journey. You know, just showing up for church every Sunday is great, but, but without those other things, I, I feel like you, you know, you may not, may not build as deep a relationship as you could without participating in those things. And that goes for missions as well and all, all the aspects of, of serving the community and the church. I appreciate Keith sharing his story. It's a story of transformation. And certainly what he's talking about is how the Word of God, the Bible, was so significant in his transformation. It brought him closer to God, closer to his church, and it called him to be a faithful disciple. That's what Scripture does. That's what being a Christian does. It leads us into a closer walk with God, into being transformed into the people God calls us to be. Many years ago, Gaylord Kambarami, who was the general secretary of the Bible Society in Zimbabwe, tried to give a New Testament to, well, a fellow who was pretty belligerent. The man said, you can give it to me, but I'm just going to use the pages to roll cigarettes. Kambarami said, I understand. But would you promise to do this? Before you roll each cigarette, would you read what is printed on those pages? 
The man agreed, and the two went their separate ways. Fifteen years later, they found themselves together again at a convention in Zimbabwe. The scripture-smoking skeptic told Gaylord that he was now a full-time evangelist. He told the audience who he was speaking to, I smoked Matthew, I smoked Mark, I smoked Luke, but when I got to John 3.16, I stopped smoking. My life was changed from that moment. That's what the Word of God does. And that's why we United Methodist Christians believe in the Bible. We believe that the words in the Holy Bible are living words, alive with the power in the heart of God. We believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. A.T. Robertson once said, one proof of the inspiration of the Bible is that it's withstood so much poor preaching. Amen. We might mess it up. We might not clearly elucidate it, but it is inspired by God regardless. It's not dependent on us. In our United Methodist Book of Discipline, you know what that is, our church law, polity, our rules, procedures, Two statements regarding our perspective on the doctrine of Scripture. Now, in the Confession of Faith, the fourth article, we read this. We believe the Holy Bible, Old and New Testaments, reveal the Word of God so far as it is necessary for our salvation. It is to be received through the Holy Spirit as the true rule and guide for faith and practice. For whatever is not revealed in or established by the Holy Scriptures is not to be made an article of faith, nor is it to be taught as essential to salvation. You can't just add in stuff. Of course, there are some who try, but that is not what we believe as United Methodists. We United Methodists believe in the Bible, in its power and its guidance. In Scripture, we find God speaking to us about salvation. We understand that God speaks to us through the Bible and that it does contain all things necessary for salvation. Now, we say that, but that authority is is derived from three sources. First, we hold, we United Methodists hold, that the writers of the Bible were inspired by God, that they were filled with God's Spirit as they wrote the truth. We hold, secondly, that God was at work in the process of canonization, That is the formation of the Bible, during which only the most faithful and useful books were adopted as Scripture. We also hold that the Holy Spirit works today in our thoughtful study of the Scriptures, especially as we study them together and seek to relate, as some have said, those old words to the present realities of life. We believe these things. The Bible's authority is, therefore, nothing magical. For example, we don't play games with the Scripture. We don't open the text at random to discover God's will. You've got to study, you've got to read, you've got to meditate on the Word. See, the authority of Scripture derives from the movement of God's Spirit in times past and in our reading of it today. It is relevant It didn't just speak to the Hebrews traveling through the wilderness thousands of years ago. It is for us today as well. Which is why we are told in Scripture to know and study the Word of God, for it equips us for living as God's people in this world.
We read in 2 Timothy, for instance, chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God, is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. So what does that mean? Maybe I can illustrate this way. Carl Elsner was a Swiss designer of surgical equipment in the 19th century. But one of his interests was making a superior knife. He worked for years developing what he would call the perfect military knife. Now, we know it today as the Swiss Army knife. You ever seen those? All the different varieties that are out there? They were known for their excellence and the variety of utilities. For instance, one knife includes not just knife blades, but a saw, scissors, a magnifying glass, a can opener, a screwdriver, a ruler, a toothpick, even a pen. Of course, much, much more. All in one knife, all together. So if you and I are out camping in the wilds, that one item can certainly make you feel equipped for survival. The Bible is how God has given us what we need. Certainly not the only means. We have the Holy Spirit as well. We have the fellowship of the believers. But the Bible is one of those ways that God equips us to survive spiritually. Because this is sometimes a dark world. And we need the tools. So God has given us his word, a tool for the soul, we would say, of the Bible. Let me go back to that phrase in Second Timothy. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that we may be made complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, it's important when you read that, that the word translated as equipped actually means to furnish or fit completely. We have been furnished, given completely what we need by God. How does the Bible equip us for life's journey? It provides spiritual truth and doctrine, reproof in showing our imperfections, correction by revealing our sinful failures, instruction in living a righteous life. In other words, there's not a more valuable tool than God's word to make us fully equipped. Completely fit for spiritual survival and growth. So let me say it again. We United Methodists believe in the Bible. It is the word of God. We know as well that scripture is meant to be a map for faithful living. It's a living witness to the reconciling and redemptive work of God, even as it reminds us of our human struggle with sin. Scripture is a template for living, for confronting pain, confronting struggle and challenge. You know what's there. The Bible reveals God's love for us, but it also shapes our identity and defines our God-given purpose. Paul reminds us that there's incredible benefit to spending time in Scripture. He writes in Romans 15, verse 4, Such things are written in the Scriptures long ago to teach us, and the Scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. I mean, all that is wonderful. 
But it does no good if we don't actually spend time in the Word. One Sunday school teacher said to her children, Boys and girls, we've been learning about all these powerful kings and queens that were in biblical times. But there is a higher power. Can anybody tell me what it is? One little boy immediately said, Aces. Kings, queens, aces. That Sunday school teacher had a lot of work to do. And I will tell you, we all have a lot of work to do. Because sometimes we just miss the point unless we are spending time in the Word. That's why Disciple Bible Study is so important. John Naser is here this morning, and John's going to be leading Disciple Bible Study for us. I would say that any one of us have not taken that need to do so. Talk with John this morning to learn why this is so exciting and wonderful. Scripture teaches us and reminds us that there is a loving God. God who calls you, gives you purpose and direction. But I must say once again, Scripture has little or no value if we never take the time to read it, to study it, and to meditate upon it. It's like physical exercise. The more time we spend in the Word, the greater the benefit. I love the way Soren Kierkegaard talked about the Bible. He said, the Bible is a letter from God with our personal address on it. To read the Bible as God's word, one must read it with his heart and his mouth, on tiptoe with eager expectancy and conversation with God. To read the Bible thoughtlessly or carelessly or academically or professionally is not to read the Bible as God's word. Kierkegaard is right. And our identity as United Methodist Christians includes our deep faith in Scripture. It tells the story of God's love for us. It tells us about the dangers of sin, about the miracle of God's grace. The Bible tells us about love, joy, hope, mercy, salvation, peace, eternal life. We can see ourselves in those pages. We are inspired and convicted when we read the Bible. The Bible is life-giving. Philip Brooks once said, the Bible is like a telescope. If a person looks through his telescope, then sees the worlds beyond, you know what a benefit that is, to look through the telescope and see the heavens. But then Brooks said, but if he looks at his telescope, then he does not see anything but that. And he added, the Bible is to be looked through, to see that which is beyond, but most people only look at it. And so they only see the dead letter. You have to ask yourself the question, by looking through Scripture, studying it, meditating it, learning it, or am I just looking at it? I mean, is your encounter with Scripture what we read in church on Sunday morning and that's enough for the week? That's just a glancing look at The Bible has been given by God to you so that you might know about the incredible love that God has for you. Do you understand that when you read Scripture, you will come to know God in a very intimate way? Wayne Hudson tells the story of a man named Ben. He left the East Coast of the United States years earlier to head out. He was going out west with the hopes of making his fortune. It was 1898. 
Now, Ben wasn't rich, but he had accumulated over 300 acres of good land. He was a hard worker, and he built a comfortable farmhouse on that land. Ben raised wheat, corn, all of his vegetables. He had managed to build his herd of cattle to over 200 head. He did all of that in eight years, so he decided it was now time. He placed an ad in a New York newspaper. He said, wanted a good woman willing to be a pen pal. Marriage is a possibility for the right woman. Wasn't long before Ben began receiving letters from Molly. Their correspondence lasted for quite a while and soon turned to love. They decided they did love each other. They wanted to be married. So Ben found himself one day standing in Kansas City on a train station platform waiting to finally meet her. When the train arrived, turns out there were a lot of women getting off, saying hello to family and friends. But then Ben suddenly yelled out, Molly, over here. Molly looked over and came over to him, smiled, held out her hand. She said, how did you know who I was? He reached into the back pocket of his overalls, and he said, from these here letters. But there are no pictures in them, Molly said. He dropped his head a little bit. He said, oh, yes, there are. There are lots of pictures in your words. Ben had spent hours reading every word, looking for every little clue that would tell him who Molly really was. And he had fallen in love with her by reading those words, words that painted her portrait. Wayne Hudson, in telling this story, then notes, God's word paints a vivid portrait of who God is. When we fall in love with his word, we will not only come to know him, but we will fall in love with him over and over again. You see, we United Methodist Christians, we believe in the word of God. We believe in the Bible. And because we treasure that word, we have come to God that we would know God's grace, that we would know God's unconditional love for us. Let's pray. Thank you for this precious gift, Lord, for your word. It is life. And because we have this word, we know who you are, what you were like. It has taken away that which separates us. It tells us about Jesus Christ who came to be one of us. It tells us about the struggle with sin. It tells us about eternal life. It tells us what we need to know, that we might live the abundant life that Jesus calls us to have, that we would always have hope. Lord, teach us never to just look at your word, but to look through it and to see those wonderful worlds beyond, that eternal word of your glorious love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You ever wonder what I do during the week? Certainly, I work on my sermon, but there's a lot of things, a lot of visits to the hospital, some counseling, some administrative work, some time spent in prayer and reading Scripture. Scripture seems to be that which weaves its way through my week 
over and over and over again. When Jerry May was dying, I was reading scripture for him and his family. When I was helping somebody think through where they were at in a depressing time for them, they were discouraged. I offered scripture. But one of my favorite things this week was signing third grade Bibles. I received my third grade Bible, was eight years old, years ago, from the Methodist church that we were attending. I still have it. They handed it to me, and it was like receiving a telescope. But eventually, I would start looking through it. And I found myself drawn back to it all the time. And what I've discovered is life-giving and amazing. And so I was signing those third-grade Bibles. I wrote, God loves you so much. And these pages tell the story of that. And then what I've put in there consistently my entire ministry, my favorite verse, and I know you'll be doing the same, Romans 8, verses 31 to 39. Nothing, not anything in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't want to just give them a Bible. I want them to pick it up and start looking through it to see the glory of God's love. But you know what? I want that for you as well. We believe in the Bible. It is the living, holy word of God. Don't just set it aside. But take that time to look through it as you go in love and go in peace. Amen.